Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Once, not too long ago, I decided to draw up a list of all the people I knew who had played a major role in my life. I was surprised to find that uh, most of them probably had no idea that they were that important to me, either because they weren't friends or because what they had done may have seemed so small or insignificant to them that it probably never added up at all. If I had only a month left to live, I think I would go to each and every one of those people and make sure that they knew how indelibly their names were written into the pages of the book of my life. Well, today's morning story is about that. It's the story of a little boy who was done a great favor by a stranger and who many years later was able to pay that stranger back. It comes to us from a radio producer in Salt Lake City named Beth Hoffman, and we're calling today's morning story, Is That You, Jack? First time I met Jack Keller, I was standing on the corner of 2nd South and Main, selling papers. I was nine years old. He said, I already got a paper. I buy it at noon. And I said, why don't you buy one for me one of these days? From then on, he started buying a paper from me every day. And then one time, right before spring, he says, "Uh, I'd like to teach you how to play tennis. I know how to play and I'll teach you how to play. And I says, why? He says, your world should be getting bigger. If you play tennis, you'll go to college someday. I'd never seen tennis. I'd never seen a racket. So anyway, he taught me how to play the sport and entered me in tennis tournaments. And then he started taking me to country clubs to compete against other kids from the east side, rich kids. And the kids weren't nice. Uh, I felt like a raisin in a bowl of rice. only non-white there but I I wanted to keep playing because it was a sport that I was I was good at it changed my world it probably changed my life when I got to law school we had lunch and stuff and talked and and then I lost track of them one day I, I went to his house looking for him and he wasn't there and uh I couldn't find him, so I had assumed he died. In in the entrance of Smith's Food King on 9th South and 9th East, I found him. There was this guy asking for spare change. And as I walked past him, I looked at him. I said, is that you, Jack? And he recognized me. He was just uh, in real bad shape. Someone that worked at the store came with a cop. By then, I was a judge. And the police officer, he says, is this your friend? I says, yes. He says, do you need help getting him out of the store? I says, yes, I do. And I took him to his apartment, and it was, ugh. I cleaned it up. I paid his rent. I think he's about four months behind. I paid it. They evicted him anyway. So I started working on getting him a place to live. He would get very delusional and very violent. I mean, very mean. And I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and so I took him up to the VA hospital to have him assessed, and they told me that he had uh, Alzheimer's and something they called down, uh, sundowner syndrome, that when the sun goes down, that the chemicals change and causes him to become aggressive and delusional. Finally, I found a place in Logan. And I hated to take him because it was so far away and it was hard to visit. But I did get him at a place called Sunshine Terrace which is a lockdown rest home. 
And so I had him there, and I took care of him for four years. And he died. He died four years ago. So that's that. My mom told me uh, we both were graced. She says, you know, when you were a little boy and you needed help, God sent somebody to help you, and then, uh, you know, later on in life, uh, God sent you to help him. Maybe that's your purpose in life, I don't know. Being on the bench, I see kids who live in a limited world, in a small world, and the world gets smaller and smaller because if you get in trouble, you end up living in a building in a room as big as a couch. It's a big world out there and expands through education, through reading, through experiences, and that's what he did with me. He's essentially allowed my world to get bigger. I'm playing a lot now. At some points, tennis, you know, was my only friend. That was today's morning story, Is That You, Jack? This is based on an interview that we were sent by a radio producer in Salt Lake City named Beth Hoffman that she had conducted with uh, a member of the judiciary down there, someone whom we know only as Judge Valdez. I'm here in the studio with Gary Mott, and the thing that strikes me about Judge Valdez is the the tone in his voice, uh, the sound of a man who is really containing an enormous amount of emotion that he's just not going to talk about out loud. But this... This guy, Judge Valdez, it's clear that he's committed to this guy. I think the closest that we got to the soul of Judge Valdez in this piece was when he said he really felt bad that he had to put him in this home because it it was so far away. He wasn't going to be able to, to visit him as, as often. I'm also, of course, struck by how totally serendipitous life is. You know, I, I think about the moments in my life that really I was referring to earlier where somebody has changed something for me just because they said the right thing at the right time. You know, sports, for a lot of people, it really does change their life. The Mr. Olympia bodybuilding contest mm. changed my life and mm. lit the fire for getting into radio for me. I took a date. I took a <laughs> microphone. And I went around. I talked to people in the audience. I went backstage. I talked to the contestants. Next to me, the president of the International Federation of Bodybuilders, who I interviewed. Uh-huh. Next to him, Lou Ferrigno. The Hulk? I idolized the Hulk. I grew yeah. up with the show. I walked up to him. I said, Lou... You know, what are you doing these days? <laughs> I said, this is awesome. This is my destiny. And and you know what? I've found a place for myself in public broadcasting. And, and now, here I am, talking to Tony Khan. <laughs> you know, it's it's been a high point of your career. 
it's it's a long way down, isn't it? <laughs> well, Gary, that that is a, a moving story, and I'm I'm sure Judge Alvarez would be stunned to discover. I, that. I, I apologize <laughs> to destroy the mood here, but you do remind me that I did have an early encounter with sports. It probably did change my whole attitude about what I deserved in life. I was living in Mexico, where the, of course the national sport is football or or soccer. Well, our school one day as a special event decided to invite the reigning champions of the state of Morelos, the soccer team called Martes, real warrior guys, to come and do a little demonstration at our school, which included playing a demonstration soccer game, 10 minutes of it with us, the kids. And I knew that because I was a little kid, they were going to cut me some slack and they were going to let me score. And I said, this is the way life should go. We started to play these guys didn't let any of us come near the ball. <laughs> For 10 minutes, we might as well not have been there. We couldn't get near the ball. They used their heads. They used their chest. They used their feet. They humiliated us. And I, I came out of that saying, you know, I got to reevaluate what I have to do to deserve a little attention in this world. <laughs> We should get to some of the email. We have a letter from someone named Matt who uh, does like the show but says, not to quibble, I have one bit of business relating to your lesson in Chinese story. That was a conversation that we had with Bonnie Lee in Xi'an who uh, wrote uh, us with a story and we heard a story and also spoke to her. In fact, it was during that conversation I realized that we were on opposite ends of the earth and we could do an earth sandwich. I could put down a piece of bread. She could put down a piece of bread at the same time and we would have the earth-covered in a sandwich. So he said the opposite side of the earth from Boston is not in China. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I did check out the map. And for Bonnie to have made an earth sandwich with me, she would have to be right in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> anyway, he says, this is my long-winded way of passing along the link to those who might be interested. You want to make an earth sandwich with somebody, go to the Zefrank tool, Zefrank dot com that's z-e-f-r-a-n-k dot com slash sandwich slash tool dot html also from barbara tony spoke with bonnie lee i so enjoyed her deep interest in the english language and i marveled at how deeply she understood its nuances several days later my husband and i went to a chinese restaurant at the end of a wonderful meal the obligatory chinese fortune cookie appeared much to my husband's dismay when he opened it it was empty. Hmm. He signaled for the waiter to come over and explain the meaning of this fortune. The waiter looked at the empty cookie, looked at our puzzled faces, hesitated, then broke into a wide grin and said with a thick Chinese accent, Ah, well, no news is good news. <laughs> and walked away. I think I know that guy. <laughs> I, I ran into a guy who made Chinese fortune cookies in Boston, and he said, you know, it's time people ate them in bars. So we got to have salty ones, different colors, and lots of appropriate bar messages in the cookies. <laughs> what, what a great conversation starter in a bar. So anyway, anyway thanks to Barbara from uh, both Natick, Mass., she says, and Denver. So maybe she splits her time. Finally, we hear from someone named uh, Carlin. Dear Tony, I love what stories do. Recently, I had the opportunity to interview my father at StoryCorps, where people can interview each other and get a recording of it, when it visited Durham, North Carolina. My dad has told his stories over the years, but it was wonderful to be able to record some of them. Now I will always have them, even after he's gone. 
And she also responds to our upcoming 100th podcast very soon, she says. Happy birthday, Morning Stories. And please let Ipswich know that I really appreciate their support of Morning Stories. Sincerely, Carlin. Funny you should mention that, Carlin. Letting Ipswich know that we really appreciate their support is one of the easiest and most lovely things we can do. And we do it repeatedly every week just about this time because they support this podcast and help us bring it to you. So thanks, guys. If you want to know more about them, it's Ipswich.com, I-P-S-W-I-T-C-H. And they're a leader in file transfer software. Did I mention that? And please let us know what you think at Morning Stories at W. GBH.org. See you next Friday.